Hello, Internet, and welcome to episode 81 of Frameskip, a video game podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name is George. Joining me through the magical series of tubes that connect us all, known as the Internet, we've got the man who puts the hot in Hotlanta. We've got Austin. How you doing, Austin? I'm doing good, George, and it is not hot here at all. It's like in the mid-30s. It is December 21st as we record this, so... At yeah. least that part of the climate is normal. Yeah. Global That's warming, good. am I right? Yeah, I call that a W. Um, <laughs> also joining me, the, the man in shades himself, he wears his sunglasses at night, Elijah, local lizard man. How you doing, bud? I'm doing pretty great. How about yourself? I'm doing okay. I have long hair for uh, the second year in a row. I've never gone this long without a haircut. It has been... Two years since I got a haircut, and well, I took my towel turban off. Yeah, especially up here in Maine, it's nice. I took my towel turban off because, you know, it's nice to keep it hair out of my eyes, and it dries it. It makes it nice and curly. I love it. Uh, I looked like Roman Reigns when I took it off. I felt just sexy as hell. Yeah. Absolutely. Oiled good. up? Yeah. Like, a, God, like I, an oiled up wrestler? You like, like I ready just, to powerbomb someone? Like, like I just beat the crap out of cancer and I'm ready for everyone to stop picturing me as a baby and just turn me into a heel. One of my good friends yeah. from Florida went to high school with him. Oh, that's cool. Nice, nice guy. Yeah, she, she really liked him. Oh, yeah. Seems like a nice guy. So we started talking about that before we were <laughs> recording. And it turns out Austin was actually super into wrestling. Well, somewhat for for a few years, I was. I think Elijah, you you were probably into it more than I was, but you know, I, I think a lot of people our age grew up watching wrestling and and kind of experienced those early two thousands, late nineties days. But um, that wasn't even me. Like it, it, for me, it was more so that um, you know we had a couple friends of the show and, and Elijah, you as well, who had been watching um, kind of the modern iteration of WWE around, I'd say 2016, 2017, 2018 era. And, um, so there are probably those, those three years, maybe a little earlier, 2015, I was probably watching too. Um, I just really got into it. And so, you know, I was the, the guy that was watching raw and, and SmackDown every week and watching all the big pay-per-view events on the, um, WWE network, which is like kind of the Netflix of WWE. You pay like a $10 a month subscription and, um, get like access to all WWE broadcasts like of all time and you get all this extra like podcast stuff on on their end and so it was really cool um and I really got into it but we were kind of talking about it before the show and, and I think Elijah and I kind of had the same problem it got to a point where the the people I really liked at least um were were either removed from WWE or left on their own account and um, kind of dropped off of it. But yeah, I mean, that the whole era of like the New Day and, um, you know, just, I mean, the New Day, seriously, that that, that itself is a whole era. And um, Rusev, don't forget Rusev. Oh, God. Yeah, R- Rusev was something, all right. Um, I loved Rusev. I never followed wrestling at all. I'd go to yeah. a friend's house for SummerSlam. And then what's the other one? The other big one? Uh, WrestleMania. WrestleMania, I'd go yeah. over for that. Yeah. How did I forget WrestleMania? I'm an idiot. Yeah. I'd go over for that. And I was just like, who's that guy? And my yeah. friend Ben would just give me <laughs> a 
catalog of information about all these people and yeah. like give me their their summaries uh incredible stuff it's just like it's so weird to me that there's this entire world that exists that i'm completely unaware of yeah and and a lot of people are still into it you know and um my my particular favorites were were finn balor and, and shinsuke nakamura um who again kind of the same situation they i want to say they're both still in wwe but they kind of ruined their characters and um so that that kind of soured me on the whole thing. But a lot of people are into um, what's the new one, Elijah? AEW. AEW. Yeah. 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 A lot of people like that. And I, I tried to watch that when we had YouTube TV. But but honestly, it's like kind of hard for me to sit there and watch three hours of, of wrestling anymore. Yeah. So. Same. But yeah, I was really into well, it for a while. So that was fascinating to learn. And it got me to think, like, what other sort of fandoms do we belong to that we just like never talk about oh hmm. i've got a i've got an interesting one you guys are like not even gonna see this coming all right i'm ready it is yeah i would say that i am a part of as <laughs> you probably don't even know this is a thing i am part of the roller coaster fandom oh yeah i know about that what is that like are do you pay so there's a group of people or... called roller coaster enthusiasts and basically, like, you would be surprised the amount of knowledge I know about roller coasters. Like, I know a lot okay. of different manufacturers and um, designs. Sorry. Sorry. And yeah. Time out. When you say roller coaster enthusiast, is that like an actual, like, governing organization of people who are into it? Or is it like literally just like someone who calls themselves a foodie? Like, how official is this? Yeah, so I, I mean, basically, roller coaster enthusiasts, it's, it's kind of similar to something like a gamer. Or like you said, a foodie. I mean, it's not like an official title, but um, I, I love roller coasters. It's something I've always been into. You know, growing up, I actually went to a STEM high school. And so I was always kind of interested in engineering and stuff and never never went that way career-wise. But um, it's just always been something I've been interested in. And and I love the the thrill of, of roller coasters personally. And so... Um, it's it's a it's a weird kind of fandom to be in, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm like the kind of guy just like gaming, where I'll go on YouTube and and watch, you know, reactions to the latest games or or reviews or whatever it may be. There's that same kind of subgenre for for roller coasters, which is maybe a little surprising to people, where you know, um, Cedar Fair, who is uh, one of the larger um, theme parks in in the United States, they might announce some new roller coaster at I don't know, um, Knott's Berry Farm in, in California. Um, and, and people will kind of like analyze it and compare it to other roller coasters and look at the stats and, and um, the design and, and, and things of that sort. And kind of a, just something I've, I've always been interested in. I don't know why. It's always been something I've, I've been drawn to, though. Very so. cool. Interesting. Elijah, you got anything? So I was trying to think, and it's harder for me because I'm just super open about like everything I'm into. So like it's no surprise I love J-Rock or I'm like I love poetry. So I guess uh one thing I can say is something I'm starting to get into and I'm starting to get into Arthurian legend. That's interesting. Yeah. I um, love that. I got a couple recommendations of books from someone to like read first to really start in that. Uh, I have that movie, the green Knight, And she actually said, you really want to read the poem first. 
which the, I'm the poems incredible. Yeah. Poems uh, really like good. she had me at Arthurian poem and it's just yeah. like two things I love. Just all I'm picturing is like that gif of the people now kiss as he's pushing their heads in. And it's just like two things I absolutely love. So I'm really excited to read that. Um, and when it comes to poetry, yeah, I'm ordering a Sylvia Plath book. I'm super excited to read those. I have my book of, uh, as I call them, poems, P, capital P-O-E, lowercase m-s. Um, it's every single Poe story and book, or story and poem. And I've been reading my way through that, stuff I'd never read before and such. So, yeah, I'd say poems and Arthurian legend in general, something not a lot of people know I'm, I have interest in. That's awesome. There, yeah, there was a period of time where I really got into that stuff too. Um, I I want to say it was in high school. I took a mythology class, and we like covered a lot of uh, aside from you know your standard fare, your your Greek and Roman stuff. We covered a lot of 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 legend as well, and and that's awesome. I love the Arthurian stuff there, and just like you said, really got into that for a little bit. Oh, actually, that's another thing uh, you bring up is just legends in general. Like I am super big on, um, we were talking before the podcast about the dark pictures games and how the first one, man of Madon got me to look into the history of the actual ship, the Orang Madon. And with this new game, uh, I was looking at, and I'm blanking on the name right now. Um, but it's an old, uh, ashes. yes, but there's a name for the creature. Um, but yeah, there's a name for it. It's an old uh, demon from legend hmm. that uh, I've actually I've bookmarked a couple sites that have like stories about it and I want to read about and such. And like, I, I just I love these old legends. Very That's interesting. Cool, what about you, George? A lot of overlap there, actually. Um, God, Sarah Gawain and the Green Knight is awesome. I took I was an English and film like double major in college. And most of the classes I took were either creative writing or uh, poetry. So I, I hear you, Elijah, a big fan. Um, uh, it's pretty, pretty brisk. You should be able to like bust through it in like a, a day if you just sit and focus and unplug stuff. Um, my big thing uh, when I was growing up is Greek mythology. And uh, then that sort of just sort of dovetailed into Norse mythology, Egyptian mythology. And I think that was partly what got me into comics. And another thing that got me into comics was this book series called Prince Valiant, which was kind of like a comic strip from back in the day. But it was basically like an additional kid who was part of like the round table of, of Arthur's court. And so if you're looking for fun, gorgeous stuff from the 60s that talks about that, that is like something my dad read and would read to me when I was a kid. So big recommendation there. Uh, besides that, yeah, I'm, I also feel like I'm pretty open on interests on this show. Like, I don't consider myself an anime expert, but I'm like a goddamn encyclopedia when it comes to Gundam. Like, I just <laughs> retain to everything. I just think it's like the coolest, like, fictional universe I've ever seen. By the way, we made these plans a while ago, but even though you're not in San Francisco anymore, at some point I'm coming up there and we're putting some Gundams together. Yeah, I could I could fly to to san francisco to build gundams it'll be fun just I, I meant coming to visit you oh in maine okay yeah we can yeah, do that. yeah uh, we, we can do that too so just slightly on the same topic before we move off the gundam thing 
I am still extraordinarily mad at Andy and myself um, because we went to Japan a few years ago prior to the pandemic, and we were literally at Odaiba, which is the little resort island where that giant freaking Gundam is, and we had no idea, and we didn't go see it. That's rough. That's yeah. rough because I think it's Gundam. <laughs> I think it's Gundam Unicorn now. Like they replaced the original RX seventy eight with the guy, which yeah. is such a cool. As long as they still have the rooms, I'll be happy. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. I hate myself forever for that one, but continue. <laughs> uh, besides that, like, I don't know, Elijah and I end up talking about football a lot on this show. So that shouldn't surprise you that like every Sunday, I'm just like, don't talk to me, anyone. Like I need to focus and just like watch every single football game I can. Uh, besides that, uh, gu- like uh, building models, like not just Gundams, but also like airplanes and, and boats and just everything. I just love the attention to detail you have to do there. And uh, Sherlock Holmes. I've read every single Sherlock Holmes story by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle that's ever. Wow, read. that's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. Like I I've there. only ever read one Sherlock Holmes novel, and I can't remember what it was, but it was for some like summer reading thing when I was in high school, and it was it was fantastic. But I never, never, never continued on with the the franchise. <laughs> Most bookstores have a pretty amazing classic section, and those books are just dirt cheap. So when I was like super broke in college, on top of being an English major and just thinking I should read stuff, like I don't know, like I was able to get like Edgar Allan Poe's like entire like <laughs> you know short story collection for three ninety five, and it's like all right, well this will occupy me for a couple hours. Like that's worth four bucks. So the one I read, I just did a quick search. I read The Hound of the Baskervilles. Baskerville. Yeah. yeah. It's very good. I do remember really enjoying that. That one's kick-ass. Ooh, he's showing us our uh, cool-ass Edgar Allan Poe book, Complete Tales and Poems. He is awesome. He is like the first, like, you know, real goth. Love him. So I have another question for both of you that kind of pertains to the same topic. I want to know, what is a movie or two that you absolutely love that you couldn't picture anyone guessing you would like? Oh, I have one. Elijah, You, I think you're going to fall in the same camp, though. Yes. Frozen. I freaking love Frozen. I love that movie. It's so good. <laughs> so good. And I know I'm not like a 10-year-old girl, but I just adore that film. I think it's fantastic. I think the, the characters and the plot, I, I think, are so good. And the music is phenomenal. I agree wholeheartedly. I don't know. Like we were talking about this a little bit in the chat the other day when we were we were talking about like uh, the Matrix coming out. Yeah. I genuinely love Jupiter Ascending. Like I think that's a, like a legit oh, I, fun I movie, movie to watch. I completely agree. the The thing that made me think of this question is there are two movies. I'd say one is technically a series of like three or four movies that I absolutely love, but I never no no no. Um. The series of movies are the Horatio Hornblower movies. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of them. No. Um, It's basically he is a captain in the like 16, 1700s on a ship. Um, But the other one is I absolutely adore the movie Winchester 73. It's a Western with Jimmy Stewart. And it's really neat because instead of following characters, it follows this gun. 
So like oh. it, it starts out by showing like it coming, like first being delivered to town and uh, it being like with the sheriff and that, and then the gun gets stolen and then it just follows the people who stole the gun and stuff like it. It always follows the gun and not any certain character because the gun is the main character of the movie. That's fantastic. I've never even heard of that. It's wow, so that's good. Cool. That's a cool premise. Yeah. I think it's weirder for me to dislike something than to like something. Yeah. Like I worked in advertising yeah. for so so many years where it's like I know how hard it is to get like a stupid Twitter post published. You know, so like the fact that people were able to come together and make a movie, I'm usually pretty forgiving of for movies. Uh that said, like I think The Dark Knight Rises is the best one of the trilogy of like Nolan Batman movies. Wow. Like I th- I think that's the closest thing to like a curveball I can throw. Yeah. No, that's a good curveball. Mm-hmm. I, I still like that movie a lot. Yeah, so um, do I. I just think Dark Knight is better personally. But I know I, I think Coach is not quite as high on, on Dark Knight Rises, if I'm remembering correctly. So it's, they're all good though. You know, it's oh, like yeah. comparing oh, it's like yeah. comparing the worst best meal you've ever had in your entire life. Yeah. All right. I think that about wraps up uh pre-show stuff. So now that we're done there, let's uh let's get to recording, boys. You ready? Heck yeah. all right uh not a whole lot going on it's a pretty quiet time of year everything major has released in fact some games some of us bought are already on sale battlefield 2042 what i buy you for 50 bucks sob um yikes yeah (laughs) it's cool i bought it three weeks ago because i thought fabi and i would play together and uh i've installed it and that's about as far as we've gotten together I'm sure someday I'll play that game, figure out what it's like. Yeah, sure. So, besi- <laughs> so besides that, uh, there's the only real news that's happened this week is Embracer Group, a holding company uh, from Sweden, has made some big, big swings. And so I just want to talk a little bit about the history of this company. And when I say that, I just want to say that they didn't really do much between 2011 and 2017. They had a couple studios. They had some in Austria, some in Canada, United States, Germany, Sweden. That was pretty much it. And then, like, the lid pops off in 2018, 2019, and especially 2020 and 2021. So as of now, this holding company, let's see, where is it? They own 76 internal studios. That's so ridiculous. Across 45 countries. So, like, they are very much a global I don't want to say threat, but a global presence there. That sounds nicer. Yeah. And so they've organized their developers into eight different sort of subcategories. And I'm just going to talk about the biggest ones. They are Gearbox Entertainment, Cook Media, Saber Saber Interactive, and THQ Nordic. And so it's one of those things where they would always announce games or they'd always say that they have X many games in development and like a couple of them would come out. We wouldn't really hear too much about them. But this week they made some pretty big swings. Um, Swings that actually make me sort of concerned. I'm like terrified of them purchasing Dark Horse comics. I'm absolutely terrified of them doing that. I'm kind of bothered by it, to be honest, because it's like... Ugh, I, I just I don't know, man. I, I, I mean, hopefully the stuff kind of just stays the same, but I'm a little worried that they're going to say, hey, Dark Horse, you have to work with our 400 studios now and you can't do stuff for 
you know, Zelda or, or, you know, they have those awesome compilation type books or, um, well, they have to do six stuff for star Wars too. Right. Like they do, yeah. they do yeah. like all the, they, they handle like all the children's comics for, for Marvel yeah. basically. Yeah. And, and Disney at large. And so like, yeah, I'm going to be bummed if that stuff goes away, but also like, I just, uh, I don't, I don't know, man, I'm worried about they, them just becoming like an IP farm. Yeah. And yeah. get flooded with a bunch of mediocre games. And don't worry, I have a thing about mediocre games I want to talk about after this. So you understand exactly why I'm concerned. And like a lot of the series we have gotten from them are exactly series that people want and they're mediocre games that people want. But it doesn't change the fact that they are mediocre games. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I don't know. I guess, George, are those... (laughs) Are those games you're going to talk about? Are they from Embracer Group? Because I, I honestly I can't recall what I've really played from them recently. At least they're not from Embracer Group. Okay. Destroy um, all humans. Um, okay. SpongeBob rehydrated. Oh, so those are um, all like the THQ games. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kingdoms of Amalur re reckoning. Interesting. Okay, so I mean they've done some stuff that I've heard of at least. I. I I don't think I've actually played any of those, but yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know, man. I, this whole thing like weirded me out in the first place. Like, didn't they do like an embracer group, like E3 showing or something over the summer? They, they did a Coke media one. Okay. And we're not going to talk about how that ha- went down because it was bad. Well, because it's so confusing. I mean, Coke media owns deep silver as well. So it's like it's so convoluted. Um, it's like the, it's like the Disney of of, of the games See, that's, industry. <laughs> that's the thing. Like that's what it sort of gets me down. Where like I, we used to have like a lot of variety, and it just feels like one of those things where, like EA kind of like ruined Bioware, right? Like they acquired the studio that was doing like this great outside stuff. And then all of a sudden they were just stifling this creativity into like, well, no, but for investors, we really need the game to be more like this. And I'm not saying that like the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer was bad, but man, that loot system was bad. You know, like the the microtransactions you had to do was bad. And so I'm just worried that like, I don't know, like EA acquired Pandemic and like they made games I really enjoyed. Like they're, they're probably like one of my favorite game developers of all time. And then just like stuff didn't perform to the expectations of like a, you know, billion dollar company that's used to making money hand over fist with Madden, NHL and FIFA. And then the saboteur comes out, doesn't sell anything near, you know, a video game about the most popular sport in the world. And then like they just become like disposable, you know, and so it's like, all right, uh, how is that not a risk for uh, Dark Horse at this point? Like if they only sell X amount of copies of like a new Hellboy series. Do we just lose Hellboy? Like, is that just going away forever? Like, that that's not the kind of world I, I want to live in, really, you know? And, like, I don't know. I've got problems with Randy Pitchford, but, like, I'm, I'm, yeah, I still really enjoyed Borderlands when it came out. You know, <laughs> Borderlands 2 was a ton of fun. So, like, are those games also just sort of going to get funneled into, like, weird capitalist models that don't benefit the game as much as they benefit the people who publish the game? Well, and, and, you know, there are a few companies around the industry that are making these kind of interesting acquisitions and acquiring their, 
um, war chest, uh, you know, of, of, of game developers. And in this situation, a, a comic book publisher and, and graphic novel publisher. Um, but I think aside from, aside from Embracer Group kind of buying all this stuff and, and just the concerning ways that this could affect the industry, you know, you look at Microsoft and, and Sony, I mean, yeah, they've purchased their own studios too. I think you could, you could potentially make the same comments about them, but I think the the bigger concern to me is is actually something else that was in the news this week, and it's Tencent, who just bought um, Turtle Rock Studios, which is the developer that made um, Back for Blood, Back for Blood, right, and, and Left for Dead and everything. And, and Tencent, and yeah, yeah, Tencent quietly has been acquiring a lot. So I, I think at the same time, that that's a little concerning too. And and you know. Tencent for for without going too deep into it, they have some shady ties. Unfortunately, it, it is a Chinese based company, and um, there's there's just some shady stuff at that company, and so that that to me is 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 kind of concerning as well. But um, it's just kind of interesting to see this kind of um, industry wide snatch up of developers and, and companies, and it's not even just games. Like like I said, I mean Disney too. The closest thing it reminds me of is like the early 2000s, right? Like Blade, sorry, I've been doing a lot of research for short box summary, but it's like Blade did really well at the box office and that was a comic book property. And then X-Men comes out and just does bonkers at the box office. And then after that, it became like an arms race, right? Where like, it was like every studio bidding on as many different like IP rights as they possibly could. So that's why Sony had Spider-Man. That's why Fox had Fantastic Four and X-Men. And I think Daredevil too at the time. And then like everything was like sort of divvied up and like Universal had Hulk, you know, <laughs> so like there was no cohesion. And then all of a sudden, like MCU just got like Disney money and then they were able to sort of like buy back certain things. But like, I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing, you know, that every every movie is like under the same sort of corporate lens. Uh, but like it, it really feels like that where it really is like, are, are there going to be any independent developers ever again? I don't know. Yeah, and that it, it's not so much that because I agree with you, but it's not so much like independent developers I'm worried about. It's more I'm worried about like the independent developers that are higher class. So companies like Turtle Rock, which is technically which is indep well was independent, but they obviously are very good at what they do. Like they are an upper tier independent company. Um, and so that's, I'm not as worried about companies like Supergiant or actually Supergiant, maybe I don't even want to think about it, but like Ember Lab, they just made Kana and they, that game was amazing. And I'm worried about, they might get snatched up. Um, and it's tough to talk about because it's one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, we just got bought out. So we have financial security for x yeah. amount of years and like yeah I'm, I'm like dude if i could get paid millions of dollars for a project i was like you know created like holy crap that would change my life like uh, yeah I, i'm sure i would say yes in that situation too i'm just saying from the outside like historically this works probably like six out of ten times right mm -hmm. where like it's okay and you either you're either fine or it's just like all right well cool now there's like no more God, what was the studio who did uh, Drive Club and 
Motor Storm. Uh, Evolution. Evolution, yeah. And so it's just one of those things where like, oh man, I really love those games. And then the second they didn't perform to standards, and it was like, well, you guys are toast. And it's like, but they were, they were making really good games. Like it wasn't the year over year market growth that I think companies were looking for, but like yeah. they more than justified their own like existence, you know? And it's just how, like how successful will games be that if they don't produce record breaking numbers that they're allowed to, you know, continue like that's that's what bums me out about this yeah. corporate. Well, and just frenzy. just kind of looking through to go back to it, uh, I just kind of Google search Tencent to see you know what what they own, and Wikipedia actually has a full on like ownership chart on their their page, and I didn't even know Tencent owns Riot Games. Yes, which I, I had no idea. So they yeah. own Riot Games. They own Turtle Rock. Um, they own 40% of Epic Games, which is like a, a huge amount. Um, they own about 22% of Don't Nod. They own 22% of Bloober Team, uh, 20% of Marvelous. And so, like, I mean, these are huge stakes. And Don't, don't they own companies. PUBG Corp? I want to say they do. Um, be, I if I remember correctly, do. like, I, I want to say PUBG was like Tencent's first big breakthrough in gaming. Yeah. So it's just... I don't know. It's crazy to me seeing developers like this come in and sweep it up. I mean, like I said, Epic Games, you look at that, they own 40%. I don't think it's unreasonable for them to boost that up to, to past 51% at some point. And yeah. um, it's just kind of interesting to see these, like you said, George, these kind of corporate companies take over everything. And And I'm not saying in every situation that's bad. You know, I'm sure that... You know, I, I look at Microsoft and, and what they're doing with the teams they've purchased. And I, I I feel confident in what they're doing with their teams. And and I know that they're funding them pretty well, it seems like at least. You know, we look at Obsidian, for example, and they've got several games on the way. Um, but I don't know that I could say the same for um, what's the Embracer group. Like, I, I just I don't know. I, I don't feel confident in them that, you know, yeah. they're not going to ruin Dark Horse. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's that. And it's also like, uh, like today we're recording this. Yeah, Tuesday, December twenty first. Today, like the strike at Kellogg finally ended. Yeah, you know, where like the workers, it was like a, a ten week holdout. Right. And it was one of those things where like to stand in solidarity with these people who are fighting for like job security and better working conditions, better living conditions, better pay, all this stuff, benefits. Like the list of stuff you like couldn't buy to like put pressure on Kellogg was like incredible, right? Like it was just so many different things where it's like, all right, no Frosted Flakes, no Pop-Tarts, no Club Crackers, no Cheez-Its. And it was just like basically like all my favorite like gaming snack foods I just haven't been buying for the past like three weeks out of like me doing the little crap I can do to support, you know, these people who like if I were in their position, I'd want that too, you know? Mm. And so it's just one of those things where like everything is like so connected where it's just like, oh man, if you don't agree with Tencent and like you don't support like their business policies, like that just cuts out so much yeah. of like, really what, but, like in the hobby, right? Where it's just like, what can I actually enjoy if I don't want to support this company and how they conduct business? And, and, and with, with something like the Embracer Group, it's just like, crap, man. Like these are the only people making like licensed games that I care about. Like, yeah. Uh, and especially if I, it's something like you're it? super into. Like, for example, thinking about Tencent and Riot, my chair is KDA. Uh, um, Arcane it, on Netflix is one of the best shows I've seen in a very long time. It would be hard, like, very hard for me to just be like, you know what? 
I'm not going to do anything with this for, you know, a while now until stuff gets. Yeah. That would just be super hard because, like, I listen to KDA every day. I watch Arcane a lot. I retweet Arcane artwork every day. Like, you, that, you listen not... to Sting all the time. <laughs> I mean, I do now with that song, but. I just think, um, I mean, for me at the end of the day, I just think there's a little too much consolidation. Yes. Um, yeah. In, in companies, I think it's a little concerning uh, moving forward what we'll see you know if we're going to see these mega gaming corporations and and not too much you know like like turtle rock when they were independent or or whatever it may be i i think it's um just just a tad bit concerning that that this embracer group can just walk up and buy dark horse like of all people yeah i, I just i don't know like and again again though like you know they haven't really show me that they're going to ruin dark horse. It's just, I, I feel like I can't trust them, I guess. <laughs> I, I think the biggest thing is we haven't seen enough of the embracer group to say right. whether we think this will go bad or, you know what we think, we think it'll go all right. And that's the worst part because we have no indication. No, you're right. Um, because they, they have so many studios, like they, they were the company that announced they had like 200 games in development. Yeah. And like we what what is it? We know what 75 of them are or something like that. Um, <laughs> so like as of right now, all these studios they have, all these like littler studios that they have or made or whatever have been taken care of in a good way. But they also haven't been around long enough for us to know that that's going to continue. And that's what makes it the most unsettling is how unclear it is. Right. I just think it's gross when one thing owns a lot of things. <laughs> Looking at you, Disney. I mean, kind of, yeah. Like, it's a little ridiculous that, like, Star Wars, Marvel, Fox. Indiana Jones, Fox now. Yeah, like, it's just a little, pre like, preposterous. That, like, I don't know, we allow like one thing to just like have so much power and it's just like ridiculous where like it, it really is like so much that i cared about growing up it's like it's all owned by one thing it's like i it kind of makes me feel like a loser to be honest that like i love marvel comics so much in high school and like i love star wars so much as like an eight-year-old and now it's just like oh cool now i'm just like giving more money to disney every time i renew my marvel limited subscription like now, now like it makes you feel like a like disney fanboy because you like all these different things that had nothing to do with Disney. Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah. They sucked you into it because you liked it all before, before they, they bought you, it all. You like so. star Wars, Marvel, Austin likes frozen. <laughs> That's true. That's can't true. Say anything. I love frozen too. That's I had a, a poster movie. for a while. Frozen I, too, I thought it was really good, but like really, it felt a little like complex. And like, I say that as someone who watched like the first movie with his, four-year-old niece and like she loved it and then like watching the second one i'm like these are some pretty like high concept oh god yes thoughts happening in the second one <laughs> whereas like i don't know the first one was a bit more streamlined where it was just like you know the sister was afraid that she would never be loved because she was different you know like it's one of those things where like i think a kid can relate to that more as yeah. opposed yeah. to like everything I, going I, on I will in the say, second one with like, like lost I, soldiers i i love i love frozen i love everything about it i love the first movie I think the second movie, while being a lot more in-depth, 
I think the humor is better in the second movie. Also, uh, God, I, I think Coco is like probably still like the best cartoon. I've oh seen. man, Coco is so good. Ten years, but, but I mean, if if we're gonna be real, because if we're going with Disney, then I have no argument against that. I haven't seen Coco or anything, but if we're just straight up going with our favorite animated movies over the past ten years, I have two that I can't pick which one I think is better, and it's Kubo and the Two Strings. And the yeah. Book of Life. I thought for sure you were going to say Spider-Verse, but yeah. <laughs> okay, Spider-Verse is one of my all-time favorite movies, but Kubo and Book of Life I don't talk about as much, but I think they're some of the most amazing movies I've ever seen. Like, I if still you've... have not seen Kubo. Kubo's <sighs> incredible. Kubo's really good. Yeah. Um, and if you haven't seen Book of Life, I, yeah, I haven't seen that cannot either. recommend that movie enough. It's fantastic. Yeah, I I need to watch cool, both cool, of them. Cool. So, I, boys, I'd say we really uh, embraced this conversation. I think we did too, and <laughs> as a group, as a group, <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, <laughs> Elijah, please please watch Coco. I will yeah, watch I know Coco if you watch. You have Coco I know Boy. you got so many online friends. Like I know everyone's talking about stuff, and they're always recommending everyone watch the thing that they're super into. I know it's happening just constantly, and it's so annoying. Just to add like another thing to your list when you're just like, okay, I'm doing this thing for so many other people. When do I get to do something for me? I get that. I'm really sorry to to be a burden and add to that. But dear God, man, watch Coco. <laughs> I, I, I will watch Coco. I will add that to my list if you add Book of Life to your list. Okay. Because I genuinely think that is a movie that should be watched. Speaking right. of adding things to people's lists, I just realized we are about to let this slip. And if you listen to ass week, if you listen to last week, you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> we did our game awards predictions and Elijah <laughs> won. So Elijah, what game are George and I playing? Oh God, I forgot that was it. <laughs> so I, I, I put a lot of thought into this. A lot of, a lot of gears turning up here as to what the best choice would be. And I have chosen a game that is very obvious and you actually figured out. And I think it is the best one to have you play because I genuinely think by the end you will enjoy it. And that is in fact, Doki 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 Literature Club. Yes, we knew it. Now, (laughs) I really I thought for sure when you said a lot of gears have been turning. I'm like, oh, God, he's going to make me go back to Twin Snakes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and like I will say, and I know Austin, this is the way he'll play it. I do highly, highly, highly recommend the original free Steam version. Yeah, well, I'll play it. Um, cause I, I do think I would enjoy this game either way. I've just never gotten around to playing it cause I, it, I already love visual novels. So it, it's one of those things where I know that that first bit of it before it takes turns, I know that can be kind of hard to get through. In fact, the first time I ever played it, I ended up saving the game because I'm like, man, I just, I don't know. And I ended up saving the game and coming back to it like the next day or two days later. And it was literally five minutes away from that turn. And by that point, I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm in. I'm in. Right. Um, 
yeah, I genuinely think you you would both enjoy this game, especially like it it does stuff that I didn't know. Granted, I I don't play too many PC games, but it did stuff I didn't know games could do. And I'm not kidding at all. Like all right. I genuinely didn't know that this was a possible thing to happen and it broke me in the best ways possible. Well, you're finally giving me a reason to play it. Not that I haven't well, had so a reason it, before. Does but... it read my emails or my, my internet history? No. Okay. That's, that's good to know. <laughs> it texts all your friends and tells them, look at this dork friend of yours. He's playing this garbage game. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I know you'll probably end up playing the like PlayStation version for trophies, George. But I'm not because I actually have it downloaded to my Steam account. Perfect. Computer. Um, yeah, like I, there is 100% a reason why I recommend that free version. Um, with that new version, you will never get that experience. All right. Well, I guess uh, we will reconvene. I looked it up on how long to beat. It is a four hour long game. Looks like for your first playthrough, it looks like seven and a half hours to replay it and see everything. So first playthrough is a an interesting term. Because technically, you play that game, it's either three or four times in a row as a single playthrough, but it's not all the same length, because it's not really replaying the game. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Let's, let's leave it there. That's yeah, cryptic I, as hell, and I'm I, kind I, of more into it now. Um, I, like, I don't want to say anything, but I also want to make sure you get the act, like full experience. So that's why. All right. God, cool. So good. All right. Four hours. I can. I can do four hours. I can. I can do that. Yeah, I can manage that. I. I can't promise I can do it all by next podcast, but I can do it in a few weeks for sure. And just like I said, try getting unemployed like me, Austin. You'll have so much more time. <laughs> it's great. One, once you hit that point, that's when I think you will be stuck in your chair for the rest of the time. Does it glue? Is there glue? Does it glue? Yes, it actually glues <laughs> you to the chair. You just don't know. It's like Junji Ito himself <laughs> comes out of your computer. Oh, damn. I didn't know games could do that. That's what Elijah was talking about. <laughs> it literally glued my ass to the seat. <laughs> I want to talk about something now pretty pretty okay. briefly. Uh, so I've I launched Shortbox Summary. It is a huge success. Already been listened to double digits of times. Incredible stuff. Thank you if anyone listening to this also listens to that show. I want to expand it a little bit. I want to start talking about games from that era too, because you guys, I just, can I read a list from 2004 to 2009, a little five year period of of games we got to play. Okay. And this is just Marvel games. Like I'm not including Batman begins. I'm not including Superman, Man of Steel or not Man of Steel, the Superman returns. I'm not including Arkham Asylum, any of those. This is just Marvel, but from 2004, Spider-Man two, X-Men legends, 2005, X-Men Legends 2, Fantastic Four, Incredible Hulk, Ultimate Destruction, Ultimate Spider-Man, The Punisher, Marvel Nemesis, Rise of the Imperfects. Wow. All in 2005. What a perfect time for little Disney to be reading comics and have an Xbox. Ultimate Spider-Man and Hulk Ultimate Destruction were in the same year. That's like a, a double whammy right there for me. Along with The Punisher, which is like a super underrated, like one of the most violent games I've ever played in my entire life. 
where you could literally interrogate people and it's contextual to the room you were in. So like if you were in like the the zoo or whatever, you could like hang someone over like the shark tank and like oh, let the shark like take bites out of them to like try to convince them to like turn on like their bosses. If you were in a mechanics office, you could like take a drill to like their temple and you had to like balance it. Like it was like a rhythm game almost where you had to like flick this, the, the analog stick hard enough and light enough so that you were like pressing the drill against his head. But if you press it too hard, then it would just like, like if you flick the the analog stick wrong, you'd press a drill into his head. Like it was just like <laughs> it was the one of the oh most vile God. things I've ever played. Uh, the Fantastic Four game is fine; it's just like a beat 'em up. But like X Men Legends and X Men Legends Two, incredibly underrated games, are basically just like yeah. Diablo clones that work really well on console. Yep. And Rise of the Imperfects was like, oh God, what's that game? Not Jump Force, uh, Power Stone, right? Where it's like a three D fighting game, right? And then 2006, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, 2007, Spider-Man 3, also 2007, Spider-Man Friend or Foe, 2008, Spider-Man Web of Shadows, X-Men Origins Wolverine, and Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2 in 2009. Like, what a five-year run for Marvel games, right? Yeah. And then after that, we got (laughs) Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Incredible Hulk, Thor, Captain America. And then nothing like it was just like mobile games after that. Somewhere in there is. uh, Oh, wait, no, that was just Marvel. Disregard me. Marvel trading, (laughs) the Marvel Um, trading card game, which I wanted to include um, because I actually totally bought it for PSP. Oh, man. I, I was looking to see which of these games I have. Yeah. And it turns out I don't have Spider Man 2. But I do have Spider-Man on PS2, Xbox, and GameCube. Well, the original one? Yes. That game was so incredible when it came out. It, it, they actually had a PC demo for it on the Spider-Man DVD. And I remember like having a computer that could barely play it. But I also remember like <laughs> going on Music Match Jukebox, which was my MP3 player of choice on PC back in the day. With mine, too. Music Match Jukebox? You were, you were yeah. an MMJ? Yeah, yeah. God, it was so good. Uh, I remember going through and playing the song Hero by Chad Kroger and Josie Scott, which was on the Spider-Man soundtrack, and then like loading into the game demo and trying to like cue it so I could jump off the bridge at the same time. Like, goes, and oh my the God. hero can save. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I, I did that, that instead of instead of going to a school dance. Seven seventh grade George was uh, something else. That's amazing. But those are all games I'm hoping to stream and play. I need to learn how to do things, uh, but I was talking to Elijah and Austin before this podcast, and they were enlightening me on some things. Well, I so, do have Ultimate Alliance on PS4. Oh god, I can't. Is, and I is would that be willing. Is that have online multiplayer? No, I don't think. I don't. Um, and if it did, it doesn't anymore. Probably considering they took those games off of PSN. It's yeah, like it Ultimate makes me Alliance very one angry and two. That they took them off. Yeah. yeah. I was able to get them because they still had codes for sale on Amazon for the double pack. Oh, that's really cool. So like two years after they had taken down off PSN, I bought a double pack off Amazon. To I put was in the code and it worked. I was so optimistic, man. I thought like when those released, I thought for sure we were getting X-Men Legends one and two. I thought for sure we would be getting ultimate Spider-Man at the very least. Just because well, that was like focusing on a younger Peter Parker and it wasn't like attached to any specific movie. It was attached to the comics. Like I thought it would tie in with like the Tom Holland movie. I, I oh, think it was less Activision 
doing Marvel things and more just Activision re-releasing games it owns um, from that generation because they actually put uh, Transformers Fall of Cybertron on PS4 as well. Dude, really? that game is so freaking yeah. good too. And, and, it's, and it got taken down super yeah. fast. Both uh, of them. I, they were both I, taken down quickly. Um, were both of them on? No, I'm here? saying as far as uh, Ultimate oh, yeah. Alliance and, and the Transformers game, it was like yeah. both in the same time frame. They were only out for like maybe a year, year and a half. It was very strange. Uh, that's, I've so actually that's been trying to see if I could find a code to buy for Transformers, and I can't anywhere. Um, but yeah, I, I I think it was less them like with per- like releasing these games with purpose other than just let's re-release them and make some money yeah we haven't made a movie tie-in game in a minute so let's just jump on this yeah god oh i wish they would do that if they could can you imagine incredible hulk ultimate Descru- uh, ultimate destruction with trophies that'd be great i've heard so much good about that game that game is it's fantastic it's so good yeah it's incredible george i will volunteer to play the amazing spider-man games with you uh, I have Amazing Spider-Man 1 on PS3 in my PlayStation 3 right now at my desk. I have Amazing Spider-Man 1 right there on my Vita shelf. Ooh, oh, you got the Vita one? Yeah. Oh, buddy. I can't remember. That seems like something drunk me would totally be like, 60 bucks ain't shit, and then just like bid on it, and then if, hope it shows If up. I'm not mistaken, yeah, it's worth about 60 bucks right now. Yeah. It actually went down. It was at about 90. Yeah. A lot, a lot of hype around the movie. Uh, but that is what I'm planning to figure out how to do over Christmas. Everyone break. buy your PS3 and Vita games now. Yeah, seriously. Well, cool. Yeah, I mean, there there are a lot of good games there to, to run through. And, and you know, interestingly enough, I loved um, Ultimate Alliance 1, and I never played 2. So. 2 I'm really excited to get to because that is just like such a weird interpretation of Civil War. Like, that's the, the point right. of that game. Oh, God, it was so, so strange. But I remember, like, going down to GameStop, like, finding out that that game was coming out and, like, walking down in, like, a snowstorm to, like, get it at my local GameStop in Vermont. And, like, going home being like, yeah, baby, this is all I'm going to do. And playing, I'm like, this is kind of boring. Like, they kind of they kind of missed it. Yeah, I heard it. But was replaying the first one, replaying the first one, like, that's, like, a thing I'm, like, I slowly chip away at every six months. I'm like, okay, let me get two trophies. Okay, let me get two trophies. God, that first one is pretty friggin' boring, too. I tell you what but I love it. All right. That pretty much wraps up everything I have prepared, but I'm curious, what have you guys been playing lately? Super brief. Cause I know we're, we're getting close to an hour already, but you have a, you have any plans like Elijah, you're streaming. Do you have like a little schedule planned out for the rest of the week? So I will quick say on the topic of Marvel games, I just finished guardians of the galaxy last night. Oh, hell yeah. And that game actually went up higher on my top 10 list when i finished it um it's amazing the writing in that game is phenomenal uh i hit a moment in chapter 14 that i'm not going to spoil but i had to take a screenshot of and i might make it one of my wallpapers at work oh wow that's high praise that game is phenomenal specifically like the writing and the banter between characters is incredible more than that like I'm, I'm probably like ten hours into that game. Like I got super far, and then I was like, I'm not ready for this to be over, and so I've, I've like held back. I haven't heard anyone repeat dialogue once. No, no. Like I haven't heard I. any of the characters. Like even when I'm like just meandering in the background somewhere, like looking for collectibles, 
they've never said the same thing twice, which is just incredible. Like, it's such a dumb detail, but, like, just think about how many times you've heard the same line from from the same characters in a game, mm-hmm. and not a single time here. Good stuff. But, yeah, that that's all I've really been playing. Uh, speaking of streaming, this weekend, by the time you hear it, it is Christmas weekend. On both Christmas Eve and Christmas night, I will be streaming Cthulhu Saves Christmas, which uh-huh. is, from what I can tell, a turn-based RPG that has, like, Cthulhu and his friends basically trying to save Santa, I believe. That sounds lovely. Austin, what have you been playing lately, bud? Honestly, I've been kind of in a gaming slump. Um, I, I, for one thing, haven't had too much time recently. I've had a, a lot going on. And so, I, you know, that's part of it. But I was playing a lot of Halo last week. And, and for some reason, since the last episode, I have just dropped off Halo um, completely. And just I don't know if it's that I'm not in the mood for it right now or something. But really, honestly, all I've been playing briefly here and there is um, Forza. Forza Horizon 5 is just a good game for me to jump in. And it's to me, that game is comfort food. It's the kind of game I can play you know, no matter what mood I'm in. And so that's, that's really all I've been playing. Um, and I, I don't know what the deal is with Halo. I don't know if it's the, just the mood I'm in or, or what it is, but just not really feeling it right now. And so going to take a break for uh, a week or two and, and probably come back to it. But I've been spending more of my time actually reading comics. I, I dove into ultimate Spider-Man after um, seeing no way home. I was just looking for some good Spider-Man content. And so dove into that and and i'm probably about 10 15 issues in now and and really enjoying it it's a really really fun read it's super fun are you gonna read the other ultimate books alongside with it too uh i might at some point i'm I'm not gonna do it probably simultaneously but i might do it like once i finish spider-man go to the next thing i'm not i'm not really sure though is there a way my favorite thing to suggest i my favorite thing to do is to sort of like alternate arcs just to like mix it up a bit and so Ultimate Spider-Man came out, I think, first. And so, like, I usually read, like, the first story arc there. And then I'll jump in, read, like, the first six issues of Ultimate X-Men. And then just kind of, like, rotate between all the series. Except for the Ultimates, which was, like, the Ultimate Universe version of the Avengers. Which is, I think, 13 issues. I just, like, bust through that. That's, like, one of the best comics I've ever read my entire life. It's it's insane. It's so good. Okay. Yeah, I might kind of do that then. Because I I, I honestly haven't really messed with the Ultimate Universe itself. I was just kind of diving into Spider-Man. But... No, that's a good point because X Men is a is an area that I'm not super well versed on either, mm-hmm. um, and so that's that's always been an area I've wanted to read more of. So maybe moving forward, I'll I'll kind of jump around between three or four and and kind of read um, a few different series in the in that universe. Ultimate the Ultimate Universe, I think, started off really strong. I think it kind of petered out because the Marvel Universe sort of like caught up to it tonally and started just doing like the dark mature stuff that the ultimate universe started doing. And so the ultimate universe then became kind of like pointless. And then there was this one event called, uh, God, what was it called? Ultimatum. So dumb. Uh, an event (laughs) called ultimatum, which like, that was like what shook it up. And that was like, okay, we're going to kill off half the major characters and like actually force change. And so that is, I think either like a really good starting point or a really good ending point. And so you got like 60 issues of fantastic four out of that. Most of which are pretty fun. 150 something issues of ultimate spider-man which is like great and like one of the longest collaborations between mark bagley and brian michael bendis that's like ever existed on a comic book ever the ultimates you got 27 issues out of that and that's like perfect comics and then like 100 issues out of x-men but it's just like so nice to read like 
a self-contained universe with like no tie-ins really right yeah and that's kind of why i wanted to dive into it you know and and at some point i do want to mix in and, and do the the whole civil war lead up to that and and, mm-hmm. and figure out that whole timeline and, and, and experience that whole universe. But I kind of wanted something more standalone that's that's easier to to kind of dive into without necessarily having too much knowledge of the surrounding 15 series that are happening at one time. And so that, right. that was kind of the thought process. But yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. No, that makes a lot of sense. I'm really happy for you. I like part of me, as much as I love Shortbox Summary, uh, part of me wishes I did it for the Ultimate Universe just because it was like self-contained. Right. I've got like the next 15 episodes like mapped out for for short box summary. And I think we're actually recording one relatively soon, at least yeah. according to my schedule we are. So I'm excited to to tackle the Young Avengers with you too. Elijah, I think you'll really like this book. And uh we'll we'll talk more details I guess after after the show about that. I have been playing a lot of Call of Duty Vanguard multiplayer. It's bonkers it's super fun it's super fast i've never really played like call of duty hardcore mode and now i never want to play any other version of call of duty ever where it's just super fast spawn time super fast downs with people it's just like an incredibly brisk pace love it i started kena bridge of spirits and i'm not going to finish that game in time for next week's episode but that is already in my top 10 games of the year because that game is just gorgeous and perfectly charming and i'm going to start tales of arise which i'm really excited to check out because Never really committed to a big Japanese game like this before, and I'm going to tr- do my best to stick this one out. And that's all I've got, boys. Nice. Yeah, okay. Tales of Arise is one I, I would love to get around to at some point, but I don't know Damn. if that will ever happen. <laughs> I, I will I will then. Like, I have it sitting right there. I got it Black Friday. So I will get to it at the be- like somewhere around the beginning of the year. But One of my favorite podcasts I listen to the guy was always saying that like the Oscars shouldn't be given out the year the movies come out. They should be given out five years later because it's like, you know, the artist won in like 2011. It's like, no one talks about that movie now, but everyone talks about the social network. And it's like, maybe, maybe that movie should have won, but everyone was just so swept up with the artist when it released that they just kind of stuck with it. So I'm cool with us like in June doing like a revisit. If we keep playing games from 2021, you know, just doing like a quick, like, okay, here's an update. Yeah, I, I have a bunch of games I want want to play. And like actually one thing I really want to do, especially with sales coming up, is I want to like put a thing out on Twitter and I want to get a lot of people's favorite indie games from the year. Games that cost like 15, 20 bucks that you can beat in like three, four, five hours. And I want to play a lot of these games that like I may have missed or didn't know about or such the such. Right. All right. Well then. Uh, before we get all wrapped up, we tried to do something really special this year. We tried to do a Secret Santa for everyone at the podcast. There was some miscommunication. There was some some hiccups. So we will, we aren't able to do the exact plan that we wanted to do. But I received my gift, and we were supposed to open them today. Some gifts have already been opened. I believe some gifts have showed up late. And also, yeah. Seth and Coach aren't here. So that's also like a bummer. <laughs> that we I was going to say, Elijah, that. you should still talk about what you got, and I'll tell I will. you who gave it to you. I will. <laughs> Uh, I got a note, dearest George, Mac Jones Loftus, you are a star in a world full of darkness. Enjoy, love your mom from Frame Skip Secret Santa. Some opening stuff now. What if it's just like another cardboard box? 
What if it's a Inside. dead body? <laughs> Somebody's arm. Oh, God. oh right, no guys. way! I was right. It's an arm. It's an arm. No, it is a framed, very small poster of Star Wars: Return of the Jedi, and it has an actual snippet of film from the movie attached to it. That's so cool. That's awesome. Oh, it's super cool. Oh, damn, that's cool. Oh, and it's a shot of Yoda. It looks like he's in his little hut right before he dies. Hot damn. I think it's from Coach, if I had to guess. <laughs> I do love... I wonder who else... It's just like, no one has the confidence to call themselves my mom the way Coach does, you know? We're supposed, Are we supposed to share who gave... The gifts to each other. I've never done Secret Santa before, so I have no idea. I think oh, well, you... secrets. You always, I always guessed, like tried to yeah. guess who gave it to me. But I mean, like after the gifts have been opened, like are you supposed to say, yeah, or you is were, it supposed you to reveal? Just leave you it reveal open? after. Okay, yeah. it was me, George. It was me. Oh, it was from you. Yeah, <laughs> you're my, you're my mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Sorry, I was... the mom. The mom was the only reason I thought it was Coach because I'm just like, well, Austin wouldn't do that. He would be kind of weird and say like he's my father like not my mom not my daddy but my father <laughs> awesome no, thank you so much that was what i was so, so cool. intent on on getting you to open it yeah i mean it, it looked pretty interesting and and um it's like uh from my understanding the film cell is from like a rerun of the movie or something like in the mid 90s i guess prior to the release of episode one um so that's like yeah apparently hey, well, hey can i tell you a secret i was from. there really I saw this. Wow. Yeah, I was there. I saw this at uh, Main Coast Mall Hoyt's Ten Cinema. Nice. I even have the little popcorn <laughs> bucket with the with yeah. the collectible bucket. I just oh, happened thank to come you so across much. it. This is so cool. Yeah, I'm glad you like it. I thought it was really neat. I so it is really neat. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and I was a jerk. We set we set up. Oh, sorry. Go for it. No, I was just saying. I was. I, I purposely was. Um, being um, deceitful by sending you messages that started with bro dot 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 your package is on the way <laughs> okay i should have read that because you like we've been watching hawkeye so like that makes perfect sense but like it just sounds like exactly how coach would start a that's what it's no, so true no but that's what i intended I, I was intending for it to come off like coach was messaging <laughs> oh that's incredible we signed up with a, a website that lets you put together like a wish list. I didn't put together a wish list one because like I hate telling people what I want. I think that's like kind of frustrating and like annoying. And two, I was also just like genuinely curious what people thought I would want. And Austin, but you nailed it. Thank you so much. <laughs> of course. Uh, and Elijah received, yeah, you haven't received yours yet, no. Austin, but Elijah so, has. So we'll just quick say Austin's is on the way. Uh, there was a shipping mishap, so Austin's Gundam kit will be there in time. Wait, you're not supposed to spoil it. It's yeah. it, we're we're giving everything away right oh, here. No. <laughs> okay, so now okay. you have it to look forward to. Okay. Um. So now the audience knows. Yeah. Um. <laughs> whatever. No, don't worry, Austin. This episode won't release until Friday, so it, it's it's going to be a surprise. Yeah, yeah it could still be there yeah. by Friday. Yeah. Um, I'll insert myself. Opening the the present into the the audio file. Um, I don't know who my secret Santa was. I'm gonna guess Coach, and it was two Junji Ito manga. One of them being Ramina, which is a full story about basically this 
planet that this scientist discovers and he names after his daughter. And then it starts like it gets closer and is eating all the planets in the way and then starts like devouring the people on Earth. Um, but the other one is called Shiver and it's a select like it's nine like short stories. And I've read four of them now and they are so good. Like, That's awesome. I, I, at this point, I genuinely think Junjito is my favorite author. Okay. And to confirm, yes, coach did send you those. So I had a feeling. <laughs> I got, um, I got, yeah. should I say who I got? No, that's what I was going to say. Should we just go on and say who you guys had that way? I mean, you might as well. Yeah, I was going to say we should just tell them to open them now. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, it's not like they'll be surprised. I got, yeah, I got Seth and I sent him, they made a new line of Gundam figures called Gundam Universe, which are like super bold, seven inch, I think, tall figures. And like, I got him, got him Char Zaku from the original that's awesome. series. Nice. I'm sure he'll love that. I hope so. Because it looks like a model kit. I got it for him specifically because I'm like, yeah, I've built this model kit before. It's such a pain in the ass. Because it has like a cord that runs from like its backpack down across its waist and like across its legs. And they're just like really small pieces, like super round circular things that like you have to like cut the sprues off. And it's just so freaking annoying that I never like the Zaku is one of my favorite kits ever. I never want to build another one because it's such, such a pain in the ass to put it together. So I wanted to get him one because they look cool as hell. But man, I just did not want him to have to build one. That sucks. We did a Secret Santa in my fantasy football league. And the person got me a Funko from the new Spider-Man movie and a Gundam kit that comes with like a file, a scalpel, uh, like cutters. Yeah, actually, it's very, very similar. Uh, I held up I held up my Gundam kit because my work desk is where I build most of my kits. <laughs> yeah, like I he got me that for Christmas and I am so so excited. Oh yeah. My latest nice thick boy oh, built a Dom Tropin from Gundam 0083. Oh, that's stuff. sexy. <sighs> All right. Austin who oh you, you got me. I guess it's Seth that had coach coach yeah so we don't know what seth got coach probably uh, probably like some some shampoo or something for his bald head <laughs> oh, <all right. laughs> don't have to do that it's christmas no but you know the worst part we know seth enough to know that's a very real possibility yeah yeah also this comes out christmas eve right this episode it does it does I am hosting a christmas eve trivia for some friends i got friends who are traveling everywhere and so we are meeting up for that. If you guys are around, I assume you're busy doing family stuff, but we should totally do a Twitter space on Christmas Eve, like in the early afternoon, get some cocoa. And I want to have like a festivus, like a grievances that like Elijah and I like alluded to. We started doing like hot takes at the end. I kind of want to do another one of those. It'd be fun to do that with you guys, either Friday or Thursday, whichever day works better for you. I won't be home either day until. My guess is probably around five or six on Friday. Okay. Yeah. The um, earliest and I, I could do Friday, I, I, but the earliest I'd be home would be six thirty ish. So I, I stream at eight, but between like six and eight, I'm all yours. Cool. That or I, we might just we might just like raid your stream and just do it there. <laughs> I, I I mean I wouldn't be against that either. 
I, I'm doing literally nothing Friday, so. Cool. All right. Well, I think that wraps up episode 81 of Frameskip. Thank you so much for listening. You can reach Frameskip if you have any questions, comments, concerns at Frameskip Pod on Twitter, or you could email FrameskipQ at gmail.com. Frameskip Podcast at gmail.com. I'm an idiot. Sorry. It's okay. It's it's bit.ly slash frameskip q. Gotcha. Sorry, I haven't hosted in a minute. No, that's yeah, I think it's more fun uh, us just doing it on the fly and just kind of trying to remember. While yeah. Austin knows perfectly <laughs> well and and we just yeah. kind of like, and, and we just stumble in the dark. Yeah. Hey, before we get to the, the Twitter handles and stuff, I, I wanted to say Spotify has added uh podcast ratings. So Ooh. just like Apple Podcasts has the you know rate one to five stars and leave your little review of of the show you can now do that on spotify so if you're a spotify listener um like i am i listen to all my my podcasts on spotify uh go go rate us on there go to go to our platform and or um our page rather and and you'll see us on there even if you normally listen on a different platform and and you have a spotify account you know it's always helpful if um you can go leave a review for us it, it helps get the show out there so just wanted to put that out there yeah, and again, like we are doing this as a hobby, pretty much. This is us in like our downtime. We don't do this professionally, so if you have any criticism, uh, constructive criticism that you think could improve the show, please do not hesitate to hit us up and let us know because we want to make a better show. We really enjoy doing this, but we also want to get as good as it as we possibly can. George, would you say this is our downtime, Abby? That was Elijah. You can reach him on Twitter at <laughs> Loco Lizardman. You can reach Austin at Austin J. Eller. You can reach Seth the 90s Kid at Seth the 90s Kid on Twitter. <laughs> That's just his full name now. Uh, just don't, <laughs> don't follow him. He doesn't like it. Honestly, I'm not. Like, I've had a quarter of a beer. I haven't smoked any plants. I'm just exhausted. <laughs> so I'm sorry for being out of it at the end here. You can reach Coach at Pod on Twitter. You can reach me at purplebird616, where I also post a lot about comics and the Shortbox Summary Podcast. If you have been listening to this show, that means you know how to explain to other people how they can listen to this show, which would be super cool if you could do that. Until next time, thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Bye. I'll see you in another life, brother! (laughs) 